0: Good evening. I'm Kyle Welch, and welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. We are here every night at this time on KKLA to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lift up His name to the entire city of Los Angeles. No matter if you are listening tonight from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that tonight's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to all our listeners. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message
1: today we want to look at two more one another's the first I believe is the secret to all of life and that is number one we are supposed to forgive one another I think we could and should preach on this subject for an entire year the Bible is one continuous story of how God created us and placed us on this earth to worship Him. But we rebelled and we sinned and we turned our backs on God. Yet God so loves us that He was willing to send His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that our sins might be forgiven this book is all about God's desire and plan to forgive us and to redeem us I want to share with you a a verse from the Old Testament this is Micah he's a preacher a prophet and he asked this question in verse Micah 7 18 who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. It says, you do not stay angry forever. How many of you are glad that God does not stay angry forever? But he delights to show mercy. Verse 19 says, you will again have compassion on us, and you will tread our sins underfoot, and you will hurl all of our iniquities into the depths Of the sea can anyone say thank you lord thank you you, lord for taking our sins and throwing them to the depths of the sea and then i want to jump to a verse in the new testament this is right before the cross jesus hasn't died yet and right before he goes to the cross he meets with his disciples in a little room it's called the upper room and there for the first time he institutes what's called the lord's supper and here's what it says and jesus said these words In Matthew 26, verse 28, he said, This is my blood of the covenant. My blood is going to be poured out for many for the forgiveness of what? Sins. And then he goes to the cross. He just said, I'm going to pour out my blood for the sins of of many. And then he goes to the cross. He dies. He sheds that blood as an atonement for all of our sins. Sins. Now after he comes down off of that cross, he's buried. Three days later, he resurrects. Before he goes back, he meets with his disciples again. These are his words. The Bible says in verse 45, he opened up their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead. On what day? The third day. And here it is, verse 47. And Jesus said, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations starting right here in Jerusalem. How many of you are glad that that message has been preached? And so then Jesus goes up into heaven and then the book of Acts begins. And the disciples do exactly what Jesus said would happen. I want to read these verses to you real fast. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Three chapters later, in Acts, chapter 5, verse 31, it says that God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins. In Acts, chapter 10, five chapters later, verse 43, the Bible says that all of the prophets, not some... But all of the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And then you come to Acts chapter 13, verse 38. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins and is proclaimed to you. And then you go into the epistles, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Paul writes, in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. This entire book is God providing salvation through Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins. Is there anyone here who can give testimony that God has forgiven you of your sin? Is there anyone here who can give testimony to that? So we understand that this book is about God forgiving us. Well, then we come to our verse, Ephesians 4, because this talks about love and forgiving one another. Like the story turns. And here's what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He writes, be kind and compassionate to one another. Here it is, forgiving who? Each other. Now watch this. Just as Christ forgave you, In other words, you're to take the forgiveness that God has given to you, and you're to forgive one another. There are 122 verses in the Bible that have the word forgive in it. Of those 122 verses, 100 talk about vertical forgiveness. Those are those verses I just read. But 22 of the 122 verses talk about horizontal forgiveness you and I forgiving one another, are you with me? Now of those 22 verses, 19 of the 22, write this number down, 97% of the 22, if you read the verse, it's still connected to the vertical forgiveness. In other words, our ability to uh, forgive is connected to what we have learned, to what we have experienced, from Christ. i got to say this. I know this is difficult for some of you because some of you have really been hurt deeply. You've got scars. You've been hurt so bad. People have lied to you or abused you or tried to ruin you, slander you. They've stolen from you. They've mistreated you. It's real. It's not something that we've made up. There are those here who are truly hurting. And we talk about, well, you're supposed to forgive one another. It's like, hey, I don't know if I can do that. Listen, it's only possible if you understand what Christ has done for you. Uh, Here's another verse where the horizontal forgiveness is connected to the vertical. In Colossians 3, verse 13, it, it says, bear with each other forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you our ability to forgive each other is tied to us understanding the forgiveness that we have received in luke chapter 6 verse 37 there's all kinds of verses that talk about that, that we need to forgive and you will be forgiven in other words as you practice forgiveness god continues to forgive you that, That's a difficult verse theologically to understand, but my point is that our horizontal forgiveness is tied to understanding what Christ has done for us on that cross. Now let me give you a couple things. The Greek word in this text, this particular word is the word faridzomai, is how you pronounce it. The word for forgive means to show favor. It's not just the releasing of someone of their sins, it's to deal graciously with them. It's not just the fact that I'm going to pardon you. You've you've sinned against me. All right, I'm gonna let that go. I'm gonna forgive you of that. It's actually that you show favor to them. See, I can say, All right, I'm gonna forgive you, but I'm not gonna have anything else to do with you. That's not true forgiveness forgiveness is not only am I going to let that go not only am I going to forgive you of that debt I'm actually going to be kind to you I'm going to I'm going to show favor to you I'm going to I'm going to be gracious to you oh that's a whole nother level there amen Peter was the one who said to Jesus Lord how many times are we supposed to forgive seven times and Jesus said no Peter 70 times seven and I can see Peter trying to do the calculations in his head And Jesus is saying, no, no, uh, forgiveness is not a calculation. It's an occupation of giving grace to people who do not deserve grace. Exactly what God did for you and me. I want to tell you four quick barriers. What keeps us from forgiving one another? One is not accepting your own forgiveness, not understanding, not receiving the forgiveness. There are people all over this room that are living in guilt right now. You've been forgiven, but you're living in guilt because you can't let it go. This is what you did. This is something that you did. You're living in guilt for something you've done in your past. You can't get over your mistakes. Well, how are you ever going to forgive someone else if you can't even accept the forgiveness that you've received? And when you live in guilt, when you live in the bondage, it's almost impossible to forgive someone else. The second barrier Uh, is taking justice into your own hands. The Scriptures teach that vengeance belongs to God. Romans 12, 19 says, Make room for God's wrath. What does that mean to make room for God's wrath? That means you get out of the room. As long as you're there trying to handle this situation, and I'm not going to be happy until that guy gets what he deserves, or he's going to get paid back, or she's going to get paid. As long as that's how you're thinking, God can't get in there and work. And God's saying, hey, if you just make room, just move over, let me get in there. I'll take care of this situation. You've you got to make room for God's wrath. And as long as you have that attitude, I, I, I'm saying that this is all, until we're even. Uh, well, well, you're not going to be able to forgive anybody if that's your attitude. Number three is not wanting to take the initiative. Oh, this is, this is difficult. See, most times someone offends us, we sit back, we cross our arms, and here's what we say Well, until that guy comes and grovels at my feet and apologizes, I am not going to forgive him. And we just wait. You know, if you're holding your breath, waiting for that guy to come apologize to you, you might be waiting a long time. My guess is he's never coming back to apologize. So here you are, and you're waiting for that which is wrong, the weaker of the two, because you're the strong one. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm right. He's wrong. Until he comes and apologizes, I'm, I'm not going to forgive him. So you're just standing here waiting. Well, he's the weak one. He's the wrong one. He's never going to come to his senses. He's never coming over there and apologize. Half the time, he doesn't even know he did something wrong. And he, even if he did know he did something wrong, he's probably glad he did something wrong to you. <laughs> he, he, you're going to wait a long time. The Bible says the strong is supposed to go to the weak and make amends my suggestion to you is to go to that person who sinned against you and just simply say to them i want you to know you're forgiven well what if they don't accept it it's okay you still forgive them what if you, you mean you, you mean i'm supposed to go say you're forgiven and they're not even sorry for what they did exactly you mean i'm supposed to they haven't said sorry if they if they would just say i'm sorry i would forgive. no get over there and say you're forgiven and show favor to them well that doesn't seem right well listen It wasn't right when jesus went to the cross and died for you you hadn't you've never told jesus you were sorry when he died for you he just went to the cross the bible says for god demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were yet sinners christ died for us it doesn't say that god demonstrates his love for us in this that while we were repentant sinners that christ jesus died for us he he wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to go to the cross till all those people apologize for what they did wrong. Then I'll go to the cross. No, we were all sinners and Christ went to that cross to die for us. He was actually on the cross. Listen, he was on the cross. They were nailing him to the cross. And he says, father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He offered forgiveness to those who nailed him to the cross they never apologized that's what forgiveness is all about and number four the fourth reason why keeps us from forgiving is we don't feel like it <laughs> i just don't feel like it pastor i know you don't feel like it but this is a commandment you're supposed to forgive whether you feel like it or not You've got to learn to let go of all that, whether you feel like it or not, give it over to God, make room, let God do His thing, and you and I need to learn to live and practice forgiveness. Amen, amen, amen. The second second one another today, I want you to look at honor. Everybody say honor. honor. Honor one another. Again, it's one thing to forgive someone. It's a whole nother thing. To honor someone. You know, the Bible says that we are supposed to honor. That's actually a, a, a Scripture that there's all kinds of different people that we're supposed to honor. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says that we're supposed to honor our parents. You know that's in the Bible, right? In Romans 13, the first seven verses, it says that we're supposed to honor those who are in authority. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 17, it says that you're supposed to honor the church leaders, supposed to honor those who lead the church. Did you know that the Bible in Psalm 22 verse 23 and Isaiah 29 verse 13 says that we're supposed to honor the Lord? You know you're supposed to honor your spouse. Can you say amen? Amen. You better say it loud. She's sitting right next to you. This verse this honor, we're supposed to honor one another. That's what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Look at at this verse. It says to honor one another above yourself. It's not a matter we're equals. It's not that I'm greater than you. I'm supposed to look at you and honor you above myself. Do we do that? Here's what the word honor means. Write this down. It means to show respect. It means to consider precious or a value it means to put others first you're actually supposed to look at those around you and put them first above you you know i looked in here today i look across this crowd we got all kinds of people sitting here we have jews and gentiles we have blacks and whites Asians and Latinos, we have rich, we have poor, we have young, we have old, we have Republicans, (laughs) and we have Democrats sitting right next to each other. Can you, as a Democrat, look at a Republican and honor them above yourself? Can you, as a Republican, look at a Democrat and hold that Democrat uh, higher than you, honor them above you? We have men and we have women. We have what I call little sinners and big sinners we have people who carry their Bibles and don't carry their Bibles we have people who are tall we have people who are short we have people with hair we have people with solar panels we have people with tattoos we have people with no tattoos we have people who like Mexican food and we have people that are insane because they don't like Mexican food and I was just looking at this list I could mix this up we have jews that are white that are poor that are young that are democratic that's a male that is tone deaf and we've got gentiles that are black that are old that are republican a woman who roots for usc who carries a bible and is short i mean i could mix this up the point is when you walked in here there is no one exactly like you the question is can you welcome them Can you be kind to them? Can you forgive them if they've sinned against you and actually show graciousness towards them? And can you honor them above yourself? Now write this down. The greatest example of that is Jesus. He's the greatest example. Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same of that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. God left the glories of heaven and came to this earth to suffer and die on a cross for you. Shouldn't we not be able to honor those around us if he honored us in that manner? And the greatest example besides the cross is when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples in John chapter 13. Oh, listen. Jesus, again in that room, he gets a towel and he gets some water. And he gets down on his knees and he begins to wash the dirty feet of the disciples. And when he's washing the feet of the disciples, one one of the men that he washes is a man named Judas Judas who's going to betray him in just a few hours for 30 pieces of silver, he washes Judas's feet. And then he goes right down and he gets Peter and he washes Peter's feet in just a few hours. Peter will curse and deny that he even knew the Lord. He washes Peter's feet. And guess what? If you were there, he would have washed your ugly, stinking, Filthy feet, because that's how he rolls. That's how he rolls. And if he rolls that way, guess what? You and I should roll that way. Let's stand and bow our heads forward to prayer. Father, in a, in a world, in a nation that is divided that is broken what we need is to understand how you have forgiven us for the tens of thousands of times that we've done wrong or stepped out of bounds and yet you continue to love us and continue to pour out your mercy and your grace and your kindness your graciousness upon us and one person offends us and we forget who we are and we lash out and then we begin to hold hostage that person who's offended us. And it's not right. It's not, it's not becoming of a Christian. The same grace that we have received, we should share. The same mercy that we have received, we should share. The same forgiveness that we have received, we should pass that along. And I just pray for anyone here today who came to church not knowing what the message was going to be on, but there's something in their heart, something in their life that they're harboring, some ill will. I pray that you'd help them to go to that person and simply say, you're forgiven. And not only are you forgiven, but I, 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 I want you to know that you're loved. And you're always welcome to come hang out with us in church and, We study God's word, and I just want you to know that the only way that I can forgive you is because I'm just passing on to you what the good Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.
0: If you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message tonight, we want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God, and prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening tonight. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 4777. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.